The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Uh, apologies for the technical difficulties. We were meant to go on immediately after the show. You guys have noticed. You guys know how it is with the internet and with the computers sometimes. But uh, we are here, guys, on the inaugural episode of Tough Hang. As you might have heard in the intro, the king is back. We're not talking about Conor McGregor. Of course, we are talking about the undisputed king of reality television programming. Since 2005, The Ultimate Fighter is back. Season 31, starring Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler. If you're joining us now, uh, you probably, well, I mean, now maybe like 10 minutes ago, finished watching the scintillating season premiere uh, and are just itching to talk tough. You're in the right place. This is Tough Hang, MA Fighting's reaction show for the season of The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Alexander K. Lee, and it is my pleasure to introduce my co host who will be with us every week, the jocular and jubilant GC Connor Burks. GC, how the hell are you, man? I'm doing fantastic. As you uh, as you can see, I don't have a microphone in front of me like you guys. That was the uh, you know technical difficulties. But we are here. I'm in my beautiful studio. Had it uh, custom built for this. Wow. Uh Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty great. I'm not going to lie. We got the proper 12 uh, over this shoulder. We got some toys, some signed jerseys. The guys sent them over for me. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's it's great. I'm I'm happy to be here. That's a that's a quality tough man cave. That is legitimate. It's great. It's uh, all- every episode. It's it's really fantastic stuff. <laughs> uh, also with us tonight, uh, producer extraordinaire E. Casey Lyden, who will also be uh, joining in joining, joining with his opinion. Uh, this is especially important because uh, the three of us are kind of representing. Uh, three different sides of this equation here. I, I consider myself a grizzled Ultimate Fighter veteran. I've seen almost every season. I might have missed a couple of the foreign ones, I think. Uh, so I am the grizzled vet, uh, GC, the bright-eyed prospect. KC, admittedly a lapsed fan, a former uh, frequent viewer of The Ultimate Fighter, and maybe not watching every season regularly, maybe not appointment viewing for you anymore. Uh, no. Uh, okay. Yeah, I just wanted to confirm. Yes. Uh, and and if you're wondering the vet prospect thing, maybe you didn't watch. We'll get into that in a second. Why that's appropriate for this season, Ultimate Fighter 31. But just to let you know, guys, tough hang. This will be here every week, every Tuesday, the next nine weeks. Uh, immediately after the show, we'll talk all the McGregor Chandler drama, best moments from the show, break down the fights, what there is to break down. There wasn't much tonight, uh, and more. Tonight you have us live, live. So uh, without further ado. Let's just get to the first impressions of this show. Again, Tough 31 season premiere. Let's go to the prospect, the number one pick, Connor Burks. What do you think of episode one? 
I mean, I thought it was thoroughly entertaining. Like you mentioned it. I, I am technically a prospect in this. You're, you are the veteran. It's very fitting for this show. Uh, I've never sat down and watched every single episode each week of a tough season. I've obviously seen the viral clips. I've obviously seen like the big highlights and, and some episodes throughout the years, but I've never sat down and watched every episode of a season. Uh, and I loved it. I mean, I'm not like a reality TV diehard, but like I can get really into a season of reality television. And this is like my roommate watched it with me and this is his first impression as well. And he was just like, man, this is so reality TV show. It's literally just the UFC's reality TV show. I thought this episode was pretty entertaining. I think as we go along, they're going to get more entertaining as we get to know uh, the characters. And then we get to see, you know, McGregor and Chandler really start to shine, but I thought this one was pretty good, entertaining, a nice way to start it off. I'm I'm really happy to hear that because, as I said, I, I've watched a lot of the show. Uh, Casey has certainly watched enough that he's maybe gotten his fill of it. So it's it's really good to hear that. <laughs> There's his reaction. It's really good to hear that you and uh, you and your, your your roommate like loved it so much because. Uh, if you hadn't watched the last like six or seven, maybe eight, maybe even ten seasons, the format has not changed in a long time. So uh, I imagine there's a lot of people tuning in either for the first time or first time in a while because of, of course, McGregor and, and maybe Chandler as well, uh, and maybe are really enjoying it. But I think for some of us who have seen it before, this episode, this season premiere was pretty much exactly the same as every other season premiere from a from a uh, format <laughs> standpoint, from a pacing standpoint, from a production standpoint. It hasn't changed, I think, since Ultimate Fighter, I want to say 16, that was the uh, John Jones Chael Sonnen season when they kind of had to first upgrade to HD cameras and and clean up the show a little bit because they were getting on bigger networks. So le- less shenanigans, more focus on the human stories. And that's a lot of what you saw today. We'll, we'll, we'll mention that, of course. We saw a lot of that with uh, this week's fighters, uh, Roosevelt Roberts and, and Nate Jennerman. But um, what else? What, else uh, what, what, what did you think right away of uh, how they presented McGregor and Chandler. Did you want to see more of that uh, GC or were you kind of happy that it was like kind of balanced with how they covered the, that drama and then the fighters and then explaining the show itself and all that? Yeah. I mean, I would have loved to see more of their interactions. It felt like there was a lot of like, just like, obviously, you know, they're going to, they're going to cut down a lot of it. It felt like a lot of it was selective audio and we didn't really get a ton of them where I felt like they had a lot of interactions in that beginning portion. Uh, one question I do have for you though, you know, you said it's, it's kind of cut and dry from the last 10 seasons or however long it's been. You're saying this is pretty much like switch out the fighters, switch out the coaches. This is pretty much same old shit for the last decade. I, you know, I wouldn't phrase it that way. Uh, but yeah, this it, it, it has been this way. Um, and again, uh, some people, you know, I, I think this format is in some ways better than the way it originally used to be. I know there's a lot of people who disagree with me because in the earliest days, one heavy emphasis on getting the fighters drunk off of their asses and uh, seeing what kind of uh, shenanigans they would just get up to on their own. That that may happen this year. We know that they are fully stocked, apparently, with proper 12 in the house. So I don't know if they're... Love it. (laughs) I don't know if they're encouraging it again. I think they still want to keep them somewhat moderate. And there also used to be survivor style reality game shows, which now they do between the coaches and that's it. They used to be the contestants had to do it. It made no sense. So yeah, the product the way it is now is kind of the way it's been for the last 10, 11 seasons. Uh, Just a little bit more like refined, a little more, like you said, kind of classic reality, like, well, let's say more modern reality TV show. Uh, and some people like that, but uh, how, how did you feel about the the drafts, Connor? How did you feel about the picking of teams? Normally, it's a pretty traditional. The coaches and their teams get to look at the fighters ahead of time, kind of work them out, and then pick them. The classic: they flip a coin. This guy gets the number one pick. This coach gets to pick uh, the first fight. Uh, this time, they were kind of divided into four subgroups with uh, four lightweight veterans and four lightweight prospects four bantamweight veterans and four bantamweight prospects and you kind of had to pick by group i i I thought it was a little confusing at first i don't know if you just kind of got it right away uh explain to me like is that that's not typically how they do it they don't do the subset do they normally go fighter by fighter or like weight class by weight class? yeah it it, it, also some seasons only have one weight class it's just like 60 it'd be like 16 middleweights for example or but they they do tend to like just think just for it's easier to cast eight of two from two different weight classes yeah and it's normally like yeah they're like this well these guys this guy's the number one pick we want him and uh but this time this was a bit weirder because some of the fighters as we know there's that pre-show drama had ties to mcgregor 
So it, I don't know how they would have handled the picking there. So it looks like, and then they want to go with this prospects and veterans thing. And we'll talk about the murkiness of that in a second, like the the, the designation of prospect and veteran. But uh, you, but you enjoyed, did you enjoy it? Or would you prefer to see? No, no, kind no, of like it felt like a letdown to me. Like when, when, mm. when they brought out the coin and everything, and he's like, all right, it's time for the draft. Um, whoever wins the coin toss is going to get first pick. And I thought they were going to, you know, go through everyone and there was going to be like some tactics at hand and like there, there was going to take some research beforehand, uh, to be able to do it. And it was just like, McGregor was just like, yep, I'll take the prospects. And I mean, it was, it was over like that. It, It felt like there was no real skill or excitement or tactic or anything to it. Yeah, it was over really quickly, and we didn't get the drama of. I mean, there was a, there was a previous season. Anyone who listened to uh, Damn this week, or last week about BJ Penn, BJ Penn had a classic uh, Ultimate Fighter moment once back in season five, where he was like, "Who wants to be on my team and have nothing to do with the other coach's team?" And you couldn't like the way they laid it out this time. You really couldn't do do anything like that. Um, there's also sometimes the drama, like I thought it's always fun when you know a coach is affiliated with certain fighters. Uh, in this case, I think Lee Hammond and Brad Katona are like Conor McGregor guys. And it's like, how high is he? Is he going to use a high pick on them because they're his boys? Or if he knows that there's better prospects in the show, will he draft them over them? So that's always a fun thing to keep an eye on. And there really was none of that this time around. Uh, but we did kind of end up with a good thing. We did. I do like that all the uh, prospects ended up on one side and all the veterans ended up on one side gc i don't know if you would have preferred to see them mixed up no i like that i like that it's like prospects versus veterans i kind of like that mcgregor got the prospects and and michael chandler got the veterans too that feels like sort of reflective of their personalities as well i think it's like what mcgregor wanted to it feels like he wanted it um we're now did you how how much have you looked into the uh contestants vis-a-vis their amount of experience and their ages (laughs) So, like, I've looked in a little bit. A lot of the veterans' names I recognize, and, like, a few of the prospects I recognize as well. But as in terms of, like, looking at all their ages and deep diving, no, I've not done that yet. Yeah. So the way they – I mean, they, they essentially said the prospect team is pretty much just all the guys who have not fought in the UFC. And if you're a veteran, it's because you fought in the UFC. The amount of experience somewhat as well. Obviously, you've got guys like Jason Knight, Kurt Hollibaugh. Uh, Cody Gibson, Valiev, they've had, you know, they have considerably more experience than the prospect guys. But the age thing is a bit funny because you have guys on the prospect team, three of them are age 34 and up, uh, which does not scream prospect to me. And have been, some of them have been fighting for, I think, like Nate Jenneman's been fighting for like 10 years or something. So it's a little weird. It's, a, it's strictly because they haven't fought in the UFC. That for the purposes of this show, they're being considered prospects. I mean, we just even saw the fight, and we'll, we'll get more talk more about the fight soon. Uh, Jennerman and uh, Roberts. That was a fight for this week. Uh, Jennerman's the prospect. He's older than Roberts, so I don't know. Do you think that's is that a little funky? I mean, is that weird or? Once it was explained to me that the veterans had fought in the UFC and the prospects had not, I felt like that was a, that was a simple dividing line. Uh, one thing I did write down. I, I took some notes as the episode Please. went on. Obviously. Believe Timur Believe, we we recognize him. He has fought in the UFC. He had some success in the UFC as well. Like he was a he was a good solid bantamweight. Like it feels to me, just right off rip, it feels like he is going to have a lot of success uh, moving through this show. And yet he was, I believe, uh, evalu- he, So he ends up on Michael Chandler's team. And I believe he's evaluated as the number three. I guess I should read this out. So uh, after the team, after the teams were divided up, the coaches then, for the purposes of making the matchups, uh, had to rank their fighters one to four, like their lightweights one to four and their bantamweights one to four. This is again, you guys, if you didn't see the episode, you can see where this was a little confusing. Um, so for the team McGregor, the lightweights in order from one to four: Lee Hammond, who's like a SBG, big SBG guy, I think, almost like a protege. Number two, Nate Jennerman. Number three, Aaron McKenzie. Number four, Landon Quinones. On the Chandler side, he went number one, Jason Knight. You guys all know him. Austin Hubbard, Roosevelt Roberts, and then Kurt Hollibaugh, fourth. And then on the McGregor side, the Bantamweights, his number one ranked, Mando Gutierrez, Trevor Wells, second, Carlos Vera, then Rico DeShulo, and then uh, Chandler's Bantamweights, Hunter Azure, number one, Brad Katona, number two, Timor Valley of number three, and Cody Gibson. So, I mean, you're right. Timor's name jumps right out. It was a little surprising. I guess maybe that speaks to the strength of Chandler's bantamweight veterans. I'm not sure, but I don't know. And the other thing was uh, all the matchups are set now. We know Timor at some point is going to fight 
Uh, let me see if I got this. Right. Uh, Trevor Wells. Oh, that's and uh, Trevor Wells. And technically, he's the lower seated fighter. But uh, GC, you seem pretty confident that uh, Valiev could go on a run here. The seeds, as they said, feels like that was like a strategic thing to try and get mm. the best ups. Like it, it didn't uh, feel like he was just going one through four. I mean, uh, Chandler's first pick was Roosevelt Roberts, and he had him seated as his as his three uh, for that weight class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's it it, it 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 is it is a bit funny. Also, it's like it's not like going. It's it's only four fighters, so the seating is it doesn't feel like I like I don't think he's saying like oh Jason Knight is so much better than Austin Hubbard or or Man, yeah. or McGregor Mando Gutierrez is so much better than Trevor. It's only four fighters. There's not uh, that you're being you're ranking. It's not a lot of a lot of room for separation. But uh, do you like knowing who everyone's fighting ahead of time, or would you prefer it sort of the way they usually usually do it is kind of a, it's a week to week like surprise. I would have preferred a week-to-week surprise. Ooh. I guess though, at the same time, now we can look forward to it as it goes along. Uh, one thing I did have to say that I got a kind of a kick out of is that, like, as they were listing off the matchups, Michael Chandler is like super professional, just listing everyone off the dome, and like McGregor's just got his phone and he's like, "All right, that's uh, number two," and like then read his name off. Like again, it just felt like very reflective <laughs> of who they are as people. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about who they are as people. Uh, again, we'll, we'll get to the fight discussion in a second. It was really quick, so I don't know how much there is to say. Uh, I was a little disappointed. Uh, we kind of touched upon it. There wasn't a lot of emphasis on McGregor-Chandler drama. We kind of got an introduction. Uh, we got some like half-hearted taunting, but almost it was almost like they were barely in the same room. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't land for me that aspect of the show so far i know they're building up to the big shove um but uh yeah and anything else from like you said i know you said you would have wanted more is um, that what we're recording? that's what we're recording it we don't know what episode it's going to happen but like the big <laughs> show because i've seen that clip yeah. a million times and that kind of took away from it a little bit that beginning scene where it's just like the amount of times i've seen that clip at this point where it's just like and in comes the most iconic mixed martial artist of all time, Colin McGregor, dressed to the nines. It's like I can almost say it word for word. I've seen it so many times. And then it's just like, have I told you what weight class is at? It's going to be a middleweight. Do what you're told. Like, that would have been great if I had gotten to see it for the first time. I was going to watch the show anyway. I know that they had mm-hmm. to bring in an audience and try and prop it up a little bit. I was going to watch it anyway. I wish I had gotten to see that naturally tonight for the first time because that was the best dialogue they had the entire episode. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like when you the modern trailers these days they give away too much. You almost you almost wish some of it could be like I said. They know we're going to tune in. I guess you have to do it for laps fans like our producer and maybe some other you know again some some other newcomers who aren't like you know new hardcores like yourself. Uh, GC, you're, you're you're all in on this stuff now, but I guess oh, some people. I mean, look at this. <laughs> this, is, this isn't coming off till August, baby. <laughs> Oh, that's gross. Uh, you mentioned, you know, listen, you are familiar. I, I have to ask this question to you specifically because you mentioned kind of the Connors. Yeah, his new line, you'll do as you're told and have you. It's This has become something that's very popular on your show that you do with Jed Mishu, uh, No Bets Barred, outstanding MMA gambling podcast. The, 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 the chat GPT bet, it's sweeping the nation. It's making a lot of people a lot of money, I've I've, I've heard. Uh, does it feel like McGregor's dialogue is being generated by ChatGPT at this point? Like, when's the last time you really heard him say something and you were like, "Oh, that's great!" Like, I, I want to, like, I got in your head and just like, I don't know, maybe you like, I don't know, maybe you like that line. I, I just, it's not landing for me. Uh, which line specifically are you talking about? I don't like I, the the the, uh, the you'll do as you're told thing. I, it's okay. Yeah, that was a decent line. I thought that was a decent line. Like he like tossed up. Like he was super friendly with him, and he's just like, oh, yeah, you know what? Have I told you what weight class is going to be at yet? And like, you know, Chandler is having fun with it. He's like, oh, I'll do 185, and then he just kind of sat him down. Uh, I mean, it's tough. Like to to continue to top the amount of great trash talk lines he's had. Uh, like, has he lost a step for sure? Uh, but I, I think he's still got a few miles of good trash talk left in him. Okay. You, you're more optimistic about that than I am. Uh, we've had a lot of internal discussions on Slack about how much, you know, uh, uh, charisma gas, as it were, does Conor McGregor have left? I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm less I mean, in on some of say, Like about McGregor is like, you don't know which McGregor you're going to get. Like, are you going to get the nice, chill, relaxed McGregor that has like this great outlook on life and is really grateful? Are you going to get the crazy McGregor that just like F everybody? Or are you going to get just like 
old, you know, classic vintage McGregor. It's just like you're kind of just picking your poison these days on like how he's going to be acting when he gets in front of the camera. Uh, yeah, that's no, that's that's a fair point. Uh, I want to talk about the fight. I know I keep saying when you get there again, guys. You watch if you watch the episode, it didn't last very long. But what did you think of the the pre tape? So we talked about sort of the reality TV show elements at the top of the show and kind of how refined it is at this point. So these are pretty standard now. They they have uh, some footage from the fighters back home, just telling their story. We get to meet their adorable families. Uh, how that stuff? How that stuff go for you, uh, GC? Did you find it uh, compelling? Oh, I love it, dude. I mean it it's just a nice reminder of like just how human these fighters are. Like it's sometimes you can get caught up when you're watching the slog of the UFC cards week after week and there's 15 fights. It's hard to really dive deep on these people. But when you get to see stuff uh, like Jennerman beforehand, everything with his family, his daughters, it felt like he was sacrificing a lot to come and try and do this and leave his family, uh, just how much he's putting on the line. And then same thing with Roosevelt Roberts. I mean, when his, when his kids answer the call and everything, you know, it's, it's kind of a touching moment. It makes you want to cheer for these people. And then, man, I mean, I was to get into the result of the fight. I was like actually shocked that it ended that quickly. I mean, for it to end in nine seconds and then for Jennerman to be crying afterward like that, talking about how he's let his family down, you know, it it all feels like it's a waste. Uh, I mean, it makes you like it it makes you feel more connected with the fighters. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, that's one thing fighters and the show, uh, you know, people who who care about the show always say is that this show is still a good vehicle for developing like developing uh, not I shouldn't say not developing their skills, but developing their their brand power. And I think sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's probably less effective than it used to be. But that is good to hear, though, that these things still still mean something, because I think. At some point, you feel like you've seen it all in MMA as far as people's stories go. But, you know, you're right. When you, when you get a little more closer look at it, a more intimate look, you actually get to see their their families and how they interact with their families and their families rooting them on. Uh, who were you uh, – who's, whose family did you find more ad- – just be honest, you see. Whose family did you find more adorable and who were you rooting for to win the fight? Oh, man, I mean – Roosevelt Roberts' kids answering the phone. I mean that is oh. obviously horrible. But – I mean, gentlemen, beyond just the baby and everything, the three-legged dog, he called it, he oh. was like a little tripod. I mean, that's touching and everything. And <laughs> I mean, like, the, the guy's also a UPS driver. He's getting up at 4.30 in the morning to go work and then go train yeah. afterward. Like, he's really putting in crazy work, making a lot of sacrifices. And to get on the big stage like that, like, I really did feel for him. Like, I was like, man, that that sucks. Like, it's it's different when you get these backgrounds and like it's it's going to be really crazy though the deeper we get into the season there's definitely going to be some characters that i'm really going to start to like and really going to start to root for and someone is going to have an ending similar to to nate gentleman tonight uh so yeah i'm excited for it overall though I I got off track from the question. I'll go. I'll go. Gentleman's family, the three-legged dog. <laughs> oh, that must have really hurt. So you you felt the pain then uh, when this fight went the he's way it did. He's crying. Yeah. He's just like, and he's just like, oh my god. He's like, I think uh, I think all of this was a waste of time. Like I never should have left my family. It's like, dude, to be in tears in front of cameras and all those people like that, and Conor McGregor back in the locker room and say and say a statement like that. Like you're you're really going through it. That's that's tough stuff right there. Yeah, and listen, this is stuff like in a regular MMA fight when you see a fighter lose, and and but but the difference is like they're usually not expected to do a testimonial right after. They're not necessarily expected the losing fighter is not expected to have to talk to the media after unless it's like a championship fight or something. So for yeah, if, when you're just like a Nate Jennerman just trying to get by, excited about being on the show, you're doing this for your family. He has to stay in the house now. I mean, he has to he doesn't get to leave. You know, he has to stay in the house now. Uh, one to, of course, help train, and also in case someone else drops out, you know, he's probably relatively unharmed, uh, unless he has a serious concussion, which is certainly possible. But uh, if you're gentleman, unless you got to hang around, that sacrifice maybe it'll still be worth it. We've seen it in the past. We've seen uh, we've seen people come on the uh, come back on the show. People get injured all the time. Fingers crossed that doesn't happen. But if it does, it'll be good news for gentlemen. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead, see. I mean, if Nate Gentleman is on an apex card on the prelims. Start, second, third fight of the night, that exact same thing happens. 
he goes to the back and we just start the next fight and you just keep on rolling and you never hear any of that. And I probably didn't hear about the, the family before the fight. And it's just kind of like, well, he lost. That's a, that's a bummer for him. That's unfortunate. You just kind of keep rolling. Number two, you can clarify this for me because all of his teammates started hyping him up and was just like, it's just one fight, shake it off. You know, we still got a month to train and everything. Is he done? Like, is he, is he out of the competition? Yes. Yes, unless someone gets injured. Wow, uh, that, or, is, that makes even worse. You're That's even more gutting. I mean, honestly, when everybody was back there hyping him up, I, I was like, oh, he'll get another chance? Like, is that how this works? That makes it even worse. I I, I feel for, for nature. Well, they, again, they always say that because the show has a somewhat frequent injury rate, not like a lot of fighters every season, but usually it's like one, usually one or two guys a season are at least in danger. Because again, it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough hang, you might say, being in the ultimate fighter house uh, with all the training and, again, having to make weight uh, multiple times with short notice. It's not great for the body, and so these these injuries happen all the time. So there is a good chance that uh, Nate Jennerman, that we do see him again. So he has to stick around, and, and, and hopefully that happens for him. But, uh, yes, as we said, we don't know the exact time of the stoppage. Uh, pre-fight, everyone was saying it's a pretty much not a necessarily grappler versus striker, but uh, in close kind of striker versus a very a lengthy Roosevelt Roberts, one of the taller lightweights out there. And uh, unfortunately, Jennerman could not get in, gets hit with one right hand right off the bat, clearly hurts him, goes inside, gets caught with another one behind the temple. He's down, hammer fist. Uh, referee Mark Smith has to call it off. I mean, we saw we saw Jennerman go limp for a second. So pretty eventful. And if you're the UFC, probably uh happy with how that ended not necessarily caring who won but they got an exciting finish in the first episode uh there have been seasons where you get finishes few and far between so to kick to kick off the season with one i guess nothing but good news for the show so far um that's tough as it was to watch for uh for jennerman um what else uh any, any anything else jump out from the show for you uh, uh gc that we didn't that we didn't get the chance to mention yet i do have some other questions but i'm wondering if there's anything uh any other angles that uh, that popped out that because yeah, a lot happened this episode we kind of glossed over a few things sure yeah i mean a couple of things one, one thing was was connor blowing off the weigh-ins like we didn't really get an explanation for why that was like that felt that felt like a pretty important thing to to miss uh i mean chandler i called him out for it i, I really wonder what i mean obviously it was some sort of other obligation but that felt like it was pretty big especially for the fighters yeah, Casey and I were when we were talking about the show uh, earlier today. We were saying like it. It almost felt like they rushed because, again, this is the the, the way the show is formatted. It, it has a very clear like quarter one is where we do the you know, coach's introduction. Quarter two, the team pick. Quarter three, learning about both fighters. Quarter four is the fight. It's you know I know it's divided into more than that. I heard there was a lot of commercials. I don't know how it how it uh, was broken up on ESPN, but that's essentially how they how they segment the show and they don't deviate from that. So I would have loved to have seen yes a little more diving into the drama of McGregor not being at the weigh-ins. Uh, maybe maybe if it happens more than once, that it'll become more of an issue. This kind of happened with, I want to say, uh, when Volkanovski and Ortega, Ortega had a couple of issues with not showing up and he got called out for it. Um, so maybe it has to happen more than once. But it does feel like the first time you want to at least bring it up besides like one, literally like one sentence, Connor's not here. <laughs> so that was a little disappointing, and I wish we could have seen more of the evaluations as well. I wish we could have seen why did why how, yeah I, I know you you are suggesting it's more about matchups, but like you know why why did they necessarily say Hunter Azure number one? Why uh, Amanda Gutierrez? Like it'll probably come up in future episodes. I shouldn't I shouldn't I should be a little more patient, but I wish they play around with the format a little more and just kind of be like, well, maybe we should show more of the evaluations, show more of why McGregor's not here, that discussion, how do his fighters feel about it. That would have been interesting stuff. Uh, so hopefully, listen, we got nine more episodes to go. Hopefully we do get some of that. Uh, I threw up a poll asking how people graded the episode. So far, A. A is leading the way. 40% A. B, wow, A. Not bad. 33% B. So pretty people uh, pretty happy with it. Uh, D, only 12%. So everyone seemed to think it was a pretty good first episode. Uh, I kind of agree, I guess. I want to uh, – Producer Casey, can I bring you up for a second? I oh. do just want to bring you up. Oh, okay. Because I know you didn't you didn't love this episode. What? I mean, the term... <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> um, no, Please, I thought it was horrible. I, I I did not like it at all. Um, oh, but really? you you voted but, D. 
He would have voted there, D. Yes, if he were legally yes, allowed D. to vote in our polls, he would have yeah, voted D. Yeah, D. It was. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like it. It was bad. It was just. But in terms of reality TV, B. But in terms of, I don't know, as a fight fan watching anything exciting, um, either from the dramatic, uh, just drama trash talk to an actual fight, or I don't know anything. Um, yeah, I, I give it a solid D. But then again, I am a lapsed fan. I'm not. I've never. I haven't been a fan of Tough in a long time. And this didn't. This didn't go. Oh, they're back. No. But I was going to chime in and say, <laughs> how about the no sell of Ryan Bader being there? <laughs> no. Now I have to. <laughs> the uh, total no sell. <laughs> now I will say, people in the he's comments. Freaking, are, he's a Bellator champ. Yeah, I know. They, I know they won't say Bellator, but. He's a, you know, it's freaking Ryan Bader. I believe, uh, I believe he has coached on the show before. Uh, not sorry, not a head coach. I believe he has been part of someone's team before. I meant to look this up. I apologize. I did not look this up. Uh, hardcore tough fans in the comments remind me if I if I recall correctly, him and Chandler uh, were helped Chandler's help someone coach oh. as as like an as an assistant. That's I could be wrong about Chandler. I'm almost sure Bader was on the show before as an assistant coach. That's why I wasn't like super shocked about it. Um, I'm just trying to think what, what season yeah. that would have but been, my, what coach that would have been. In terms of the actual episode, my biggest issue of it was there were coaches there, but we saw zero coaching. This is about two coaches uh, developing fighters to be in the UFC. There was zero coaching in the show. Zero. I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know why they made this. I don't know. I don't know why they did the seedings. Um, the big thing, I don't know why they go this guy versus this guy, why the matchups happened. I just, I didn't understand. When Dana did the whole, I'm going to flip a coin, you guys get, I don't first pick, and then he gets the second. I don't know. It, it felt like it should have been simple, but it wasn't. I was just like, whatever. And uh, I thought it sucked that they made all the matchups ahead of time. I don't know. Oh, um, you didn't like you didn't like that? Well, because I don't know who these guys are. So it doesn't, <laughs> oh, it's, okay. like, it's like, okay, cool. Random name versus a guy I saw lose a few times in the UFC. Random name versus another guy who I think he's pretty good. It's, it sucks he got cut. Random guy versus oh that guy was awesome. He he was a bare knuckle. He was a bare knuckle fighting. Cool. That and that's all that was. It was just I don't know like, the prospects. I don't know who they are and I don't know why they're there. You know, other than they haven't been in the UFC. That doesn't tell me very much. You know, that, but yet to me it was it was veterans versus guys who haven't fought in the UFC. You shouldn't you shouldn't use the term prospects. That's Casey, you have, you have to watch each episode to find out. That's oh, when they get their hooked in you. To learn each and every one of these stories, man. Because <laughs> Casey, you you do like the the pre tapes. You do like the uh, pre fight pre tapes, right? The, you you're, you said those you like. Yeah, those, right? I, I thought I thought the Roosevelt Roberts one was the best mm -hmm. one, um, especially when he brought his kids on and um, just you saw something there but i mentioned this before i was a little disturbed when after rosa roberts talking to his kids and the next segment rosa roberts is all like i'm ready to die in that cage i'm like no bro you got two kids no don't say that you have so much to live for roosevelt no I got uh, it, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listen, listen. If we want to, we don't want to play uh, routine. Bing uh, sorry, uh, cliche bingo because the Ultimate Fighter. If there's one thing the Ultimate Fighter loves, it's cliche dialogue from the coaches, cliche <laughs> dialogue from the fighters. Uh, Dana White, my God, I don't know how many cliches she's spouted over the past again thirty seasons of the show. Uh, I'm, I'm, speaking of cliche, Chandler apparently his fighters are dogs, and they also have that dog in them, which sounds a bit weird to me. But you know, again. Oh. Sometimes you're riffing and these things just get away from you. So uh, I do want to get to the listener questions in a sec. But before that, let's uh, let's chat quickly about a, a, a bit of a broader topic. Um, considering like there's been a, this has been a lot of the discourse over the last couple of days with Connor and Monaco, uh, Chandler doing his usual posting out, you know, workout footage. Uh, a lot of people are wondering how is this fight, and then of course there's the the, the weird USADA drama that's also going on with McGregor. So I want to get both your guys' opinions. You see, I'll go to you first. Do you think that we see this fight this year? Are you getting any vibes that like this is going to get pushed to early 2023 or somewhere in the first quarter of 2023? Or do you think Dana said they're aiming for end of the year, so maybe maybe it fills up that uh, that spot on that December pay per view? But I don't know. What's the vibe you're getting, at GC? Yeah, so you're asking if it could get pushed to 2024. So like, if there's a chance that it jumps in early next year, uh, yep. I mean, we saw McGregor get interviewed when he was at the Black Forge in a week and a half ago. He promises that it's going to happen in 2023. 
am I getting the vibes that it might not? I mean, absolutely. There's, there's certainly a chance. I mean, he is partying in Monaco and we're not sure with what's going on uh, with USADA. So I want to believe, I'm going to say yes, I think it does happen in 2023. I think it gets into one of those later year pay-per-views, either November. I mean, if they did it at MSG, that would be unbelievable. Or that December pay-per-view. Um, but like, am I going to be like floored if it doesn't happen until 2024? No. But I, I will say, if I have to choose one, I'm taking it's going to happen this year. Uh, Casey, as someone, you're an undefeated fighter. Does it bother you when you don't see Connor gripping and ripping it in the gym, posting those workout videos, showing those gains? I mean, are you losing confidence that it's going to happen in the next uh, six months? If it happens when, in the next six months, it, will, it may be at 85. <laughs> oh, it may be 85. That's, you don't that's, think he's going to you think he's looking a little a little big. Yeah, I I would be shocked if this fight happens in 2023. Would be shocked. I mean, I I I see Michael Chandler just actually just fighting someone before he actually fights Conor McGregor. Oh, oh so that's a disappointment to me. If that, if that oh, oh yeah, it will be a disappointment. Yeah, incredibly oh, no, disappointment. But Michael Chandler, wow. Michael Chandler. I mean, I don't know how much Michael Chandler is in the bank, but. He has to fight a little bit more than I would think Connor. Connor doesn't have to fight. This is just I don't know what this is for him. But it's um, it's possible. There there, there was a, a tough coach curse for a while where a lot of times the uh, the fight that was uh, you know uh, hyped up throughout the season between two coaches just didn't happen or didn't happen right away or was heavily delayed. I think they've had good luck with it. I want to say recently the past like seven or eight seasons where. It went off without a hitch, but there was a stretch there where uh, a lot of time was spent building up fights. And again, either they have they ever done this before? Have two coaches in there and really have you don't? We have no idea when the fight will actually happen. Is this? Isn't there a general idea when they're like, like, as soon as the season ends, they're gonna fight like a month later after that season ends, or after the tough finale, or the week after the tough finale? I I don't recall something like this or we're gonna have the tough finale i don't know three months or whatever mm-hmm. and then maybe in six months we're like yeah we're shooting this whatever for this time i'm not sure do we even have do we even have a date for the tough finale i don't think so we don't even know that right i don't no. think that's official yeah so uh, uh there- it's it's they they often don't know at the beginning of the season, but there hasn't been this much uncertainty. Though it could just be because it's McGregor that is you know a little more speculation, a little more concern. No, it is. Last season, Pena and Nunez, uh, obviously, even though they were going to do their rematch, um, that that was not scheduled officially scheduled until I think like the seventh or eighth episode. It, it was a way, quite a ways in before they finally announced it. But again, it's Nunez and Pena. There wasn't as much. Uh, Controversy. Do do Connor here. and Chandler even have to fight? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Because uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to. Am I throwing? Am I throwing bad juju out there? I, <laughs> I mean, first you say the episode's a D. Now you're saying they're never even going to fight. I mean, what are we even doing? Like, I need- <laughs> we. This is this is. I think. Uh, listen, I love that. I think there's a reason I'm a Laps fan. There's a reason yeah, I watched the it. And then, I, then I was like, all right, I'm out. I've been burned. He's so, been hurt before. We've asked him to cut to forgive and to come back to the show, and now he feels he's been hurt again. <laughs> you see, you are watching with beautiful. Yeah, we're we're gonna get an announcement during the season. As the season goes on, I don't know when. Maybe it's July. Maybe late June. We yeah. get an announcement of when this fight is gonna happen. That is how it's supposed to go. That is how it's I, supposed to. Go. I hope so. I hope you're right, Connor. I all honestly right. do. I yeah. That's all. I hope. I hope everything goes perfect. Uh, 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 GC, again, I know you haven't had a chance to do a ton of research on these guys, but as our no, and we'll go to the listeners next, as our no bets barred man, uh, if I don't know, I don't know if you're allowed to bet on the other fighter. I'm actually not sure. I'm sure someone's thrown up odds somewhere. I don't think it's on like DraftKings or anything. Um, could, do, can you offer a lightweight pick and a bantamweight pick? I know you said you like Valiev, but I don't know if you meant you liked him to go all the way. You're just like his chances of kind of winning his next fight. Is there any, uh, can you, can you offer a name. I'm taking Valiev to go all the way. Uh, that just like Valiev from Phantom Weights. Hunter Hunter is what? Is it? Is it Brad Katona either? I mean, man, the Bantamweight vets right. are like are are kind of stacked. But I'm gonna stick with my pick of of Valiev. Uh, lightweights. I mean, I I, I don't want to say Roosevelt Roberts just because that's like recency bias. He just he just mm-hmm. KO'd. Um, 
let's see, it was uh, Kurt Holabaugh said that he would finish everyone in the first round. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with him. That's gonna be my prediction. I like so I'm Team Chandler guys to uh, <laughs> to end up being done. Oh. Team Chandler going to win the show. Yeah, I like Kurt Hollibaugh. I think he's the oldest or second oldest guy on the show. I believe he's the first fighter who ever followed me back on Twitter. So there's a little weird wow. uh, bit okay. of trivia. So yes. so I'm kind of rooting for Kurt Hollibaugh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a good vibe pick. From, if I had to take someone from Team McGregor, though, uh, I think it's Mando Gutierrez at 135. Ooh. That every time they show him, he's rocking the cowboy hat. Uh, I don't even know the story behind that. That gives me that gives me good energy moving forward. So uh, he'll be my pick from uh, Team McGregor. Does it worry you that Mando recently lost a fight to Raul Rosas Jr.? No, nah, not at all. I mean, not at all. Jr. I mean, he's he's on main cards of pay per views over here. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, and I will say, uh, Casey, uh, I, I think before you, I don't think you made you pick, but you expect the veterans to just wash the prospects. You think they're going to just like seven and one or eight and no, oh, six and two? Oh, Casey, you're muted. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, there are eight fights, right? There will the be pre- eight fights. Yeah. 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 Four bantamweight fights, four lightweight the, fights. Before the tournament starts, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah seven, seven and one. The, someone's seven gonna, and one wow so, someone's gonna cool. slip on a banana pill and just you know a random sure. ko but seven wow. and one. yeah i'm writing these down the- by the way i'm writing these down <laughs> okay says, yeah ac says the vets team chandler goes seven and one in the preliminary round i said uh mando oh. gutierrez uh sick hat and then i went with believe and uh Hollenbach. Okay, I'll go with, you know what, I'll go, this is probably an easy pick, uh, Jason Knight for the lightweights. I, right. I, I, I don't know, just, I, just, I just got a good feeling about it. And uh, my fellow Canadian, Brad Katona for the bantamweights. Uh, tough 27 winner. He's going two-time. Yeah. Two-time uh, tough winner. Let's go. Let's go. I'm actually going to go, I don't think Brad Katona gets it done because he won before. He doesn't go two-time. He doesn't go back-to-back. Uh, yeah, I uh, that's my anti pick. It won't be okay. Brad. Katona. Ooh. Uh it's it should it's worth noting Hunter Azure is also on the show. Hunter Azure beat Brad Katona in the UFC already. So I don't know if that makes people feel better about Katona's chances or worse, but certainly again something something worth mentioning. Hunter Azure, another guy who probably shouldn't have even gotten released in the first place. AC, let's we go ahead, you see, sorry. Just about the uh about the vets, like I do have to say it was pretty crazy. Like uh, I think it was Roosevelt Roberts and he was talking with, with another member of the household just about how crazy it was to get cut and like everything they had to go through. So it's interesting to hear their perspective. And I think it's going to be incredibly valuable throughout the show. So I do side with Casey. I think, I think the vets are going to have a lot of success. Yeah. I think, again, I think if there were odds on these things, the vets would be pretty fairly favored in, uh, in some of these matchups, but all right, uh, Casey, we've been yapping for a while. Let's, let's go to the listeners for a few questions, please. All right. All right, excited to keep the uh, the viewers waiting. Oh, we got some good questions already, I see. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
Yeah, from the last stand, 001. Uh, what do you guys think of the fight still being two rounds? Uh, GC, did you know going in that the fights on Ultimate Fighter were only two rounds? <laughs> I did not. I did not. It, it kind of shocked me. But then we have the sudden death third round if it's 1-1 one, one after two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, I'm cool with it. I mean, I feel like we're going to see a decent amount of finishes. And if we have to go to a third round, I like the the sudden death aspect of it. It makes it feel a little bit more reality TV, which is what I'm here for. Yeah, I'm with that too. I also think like it, theoretically it's supposed to motivate them to go for a finish, right? To kind of come out faster. You've only got like 10 minutes to make a strong impression. Like you said, if you if you, you want to come out fast and win two rounds, that's all you need to win. Uh, so yeah, I like, and I'm also optimistic because there's a few more veterans on the show and they know what they're doing that we will see so, either better fights or actually see more finishes. So what you're saying, you win the first round, you just cruise your way and play it. Second, no, the second opposite, round. the opposite, the opposite. You have to, you have to fight hard both rounds unless you want to avoid fighting a third round. So that's, and it doesn't, it usually doesn't work out that way. A lot of times fighters just kind of pace themselves. Like it's a three round fight, knowing that they have like a third, they can, you know, but I wish I, I, it's not the show's fault. I mean, it's not the show's fault. It's not the producer's fault. The, the, the two fights should, should be motivated. And this is, is the reason the why the I'm oh, sorry. This is the reason why these are technically exhibition matches. They're exhibitions, this, correct? Because of this uh, two round thing. Um, I think it's stupid. I don't think why. Why do we need it? Like, just have them. I don't know. I, I just it doesn't add extra drama to me. But um, I get why they do it. But it's something they ha- that has that been since season one. This whole two round thing. I'm I'm pretty sure. I don't know about the sudden death thing. I know, but that has been around for a while. The sudden death round. Uh, but it must have. It must have. Been, it's so weird because you can't even bring up the first season. The first season, the guys didn't even know they were going to fight on the show. They all thought they're like they all thought like, oh, only one of us is going <laughs> to make it to the finale, and we only one. Of, that was such so weird. I I'll have to go back. I don't think. I assume they were just three round fights on the first season. But now that you mention it, like yeah, the whole exhibition thing, and but it has been two rounds fights for a long time, plus the okay. plus the uh, bonus round. Yeah, yeah. All right. oh, I, I interrupted you, Mr. Burks. You were going to say, something. oh yeah, GC, you had another thought on that. Oh, we're going to have open scoring on uh, on the ultimate fighter this yes. season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised they haven't tried it on the show. There's no reason not to try it, and I say this has not a fan of it. Like, why not? I don't, I don't see why. That, you're... Would, that would feel more reality TV show. Hmm. Yeah, another gimmick. Gimmicks are good for reality TV. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think that was actually the biggest disappointment, though, th- th- with the episode. Is not is because nothing changed. I think that was just the like no stupid. Let's no like open scoring or let's I don't know. Just or let's have the opponents. Let's have yeah. the teams pick the matchups. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. I was just it was so by I think the I was books. Just, I think I was yeah. just disappointed. That nothing was different. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's a very professional product. Like, it's a very professional, well-done product. Like, again, remember, this is the first time the show has been on ESPN, right? This is the first season actually on ESPN. So they probably thought, let's not mess around with it too much. We know what we do well. Let's play it safe, which I think defines the ESPN era of the UFC pretty well. So that's not super, right? It's not super surprising that they didn't uh, yeah. they didn't go crazy with anything. But I'm surprised they didn't do more Connor, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was actually a shock. Just a comment. Alan, Alan I or Alan L says, or Alan the first. I don't know. Uh, decent first episode. It'll probably get better next episode. First tough episodes are just intro and sneak previews slash hint stuff. No, that's true. That's true. And but and I think what Casey is saying though is like that that is how it's usually done. Could they not have just tweaked it a little bit? You you know you're getting more eyeballs because of McGregor. Could you not have taken a chance here? Um, but I don't know. I, I don't think it was necessarily the worst thing. Uh, at GC, you were you were fine with how how it was laid out, pretty much, right? Well, I'm with Alan. Like I like the I like the intros. I like you get to meet the fighters. Plus the 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 role at the end, the little sneak preview role. Uh, I think I saw I think I saw Islam in there at one point. Uh, maybe he'll be making an appearance. That'll be uh, interesting, especially if he's around McGregor. Uh, some ice baths. I saw them all getting into ice, the uh, McGregor and, and Chandler getting into ice baths. At one point, I don't know if it had to do with the infamous push, the shove that we're going to get at some point. Uh, Dana running over, and he was like, get out of my way, get out of my way. Uh, so I don't know what that's all about, but uh, the, the little highlight reel that they played at the end got me hyped for the, you like for that. the next two and a half months. So yeah, I'm with Alan there. GC, they re- they really reeled you in. They really reeled you in with the show. I, I am uh, glad to hear it. Hyped about them. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Casey, can we get uh, one or two more questions in here? See anything? Yeah. Uh, uh, kind of what we just talked about, real quick. But, yeah. yeah. 
Brandon QFG, uh, did the show feel as stale for you guys as previous seasons? There were no changes to the format. Yeah, again, uh, st- stale is a fair word. I did see a lot of people. I saw a few people. I think uh, especially great Kaposa saying like, "I'm watching the first ten minutes of this, and if it's not, if everything's just the same, like I'm out of here." And I, again, I don't, I don't blame people. I don't blame people. It can be a bit of a a grind to get through it. The draft again was not as compelling as it could have been. That's usually a pretty good hick. Uh, hick pretty. Good. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about uh, Hick Diaz, Jason Knight. Uh, that's usually a pretty good hook for you know new viewers, old viewers, see where they rank the fighters and stuff. But you didn't even get that. Yeah, I um, wanted to see them like you know roll or something or do something, and then Connor's like, oh, I like that guy. You know, that's you know, it was it was nothing. Like, like why was- he chose them? Why? why I'm, yeah. I'm with you. You mentioned it earlier, AK. Like, I, I wish we had gotten to see more of uh, what they really liked in each guy and why they made the selections that they did. And yeah. I mean, maybe some actual coaching instead of uh, like, I mean, I did get a kick out of McGregor like immediately suiting up, like throwing on the headgear and the shin pads. I was going to say, that was, that was a good, probably they should have shown more of that. That, that was yeah. probably one of the better parts. Yeah. Maybe that's all they had and they had to really just stretch it out. But um, yeah. Um, I guess one. One just issue I have with the show right too. I'm just thinking about the coaching part. It's like I don't watch a lot of reality TV, but when I when I do, like I like I like uh, that show Forged in Fire. You know what I'm talking about? For, for, I'm not. I'm not familiar. Well, it's a guy. They it's a welding show. Uh, but I don't weld. I'm not a blacksmith. But like I feel like I learned something about blacksmithing. Connor, did you feel like you learned anything about fighting, or is that even important? I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. Do you know what I'm trying That's to say? A fantastic comparison. I'm not going to lie. Mm. Like uh, a lot of people <laughs> love the, the F1 documentary on or, uh, yeah. F1. And like you learn a ton about the sport and you get into the sport. Mm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you just watched this one episode, uh, no. And you didn't learn anything about fighting. And then you also, the fight at the end lasted nine seconds. So that's all you got in terms of that. that that's a good point by you, Casey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, that that was something that was emphasized again on probably earlier seasons of the show when they were trying to grow the MMA audience and then when they when they realized oh we're getting a sort of a new crowd here let's have a segment where we have one of the coaches like going to like oh this is how you know uh, the, the how a super effective triangle goes I remember the Ronda Rousey season there was a whole bit about like oh how great her arm bars are and people showing off the arm bar. Uh, it's definitely become less emphasized in the newer era where they kind of take for granted what they assume, you know, oh, most fans know these things now. We don't need to show fans what a double leg is. We don't need to show fans what a Superman punch is. But I agree, those segments, stuff like that, would be a little refreshing, frankly. Yeah. 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 I, I had issues, that's all. <laughs> like, I want the show to be better. That's all. Casey, I want it's all uphill from here. It's I, all uphill, want, I'm telling you. There you go. There you go. That's positive. <laughs> You gotta stay positive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing some uh, good uh, recommendations. I see Zach Hep says, just show zero footage of the house. No one gives an F about that. That's probably true. Uh, well, again, I'll, you see, I'll ask you. Did you like that? Did you like getting a little glimpse inside the uh, the tough house? You're asking me? Oh, hello? You asking me? <laughs> no, you- oh, no, GC, I'm asking you. Sorry. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, you get to see the bunk beds. The bunk beds are sick. I can't imagine like these killers <laughs> that are like fighters having to sleep in bunk beds for however long they did. Uh, it was kind of fun seeing like Chandler running around with them too. Uh, at one point, like he was excited about the sauna or something. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't need to see them eating breakfast or, or having their avocados or whatever, but like, I'm going to imagine at some point in the season, there's going to be a decent amount of drama that takes place uh, at the household. Um, but yeah, I, I'm kind of with Zach here. Now that we've I, seen I, that ho- I hope you're right, because I will tell you something. There was one season, the ultimate fighter, I believe it was looking this up quickly, a number season 19, the completely pointless Frankie Edgar, uh, BJ Penn season where they it, it preceded their third fight, which never should have happened. Uh, there was a montage of just people sleeping. I will tell you, there was a time, a time, a time skip. I was like, this show is dead. This show, and then it went, and then it went on for another like fifteen seasons. Uh, but yes, we we are hoping that we are hoping that uh, there will be some actual. There has to. There's so much proper twelve. Just keep plying them with the proper twelve. Come on. Yeah, there was uh, there was zero coaching, but they had time to put in fighters talk about proper twelve. Let's just you're darn right. Well, also, can we talk about like not just the proper twelve, but the the forged Irish stout? I've got it right up there on my. On my oh yes, 
Uh, I also thought it was, I got a pretty good kick. <laughs> like as soon as the McGregor team like became the McGregor team, they all show up the next time at the apex and 70% of them are wearing the four driver stout hats and it's <laughs> like, they just got all the McGregor merch. <laughs> if you're on team, if you're on team Chandler, I mean, you're not touching that stuff in the house, right? Uh, you can't, you can't be, no. you can't be seen drinking the proper 12 or the, the stout, right? You can't. Imagine if you embarrassed yourself. It's like you did something really dumb, like some viral clip and it's because you got, you got hammered off of, off of proper. <laughs> Oh gosh, I hope that doesn't happen. But the producers may be hoping it does. Uh, can, Casey, can we get can we get one more in here? All right. Uh, yeah. Oh well, uh, uh, GC kind of mentioned one. So Beal wants to know what guest coaches do you think will appear? GC, you said we saw a hint of Islam. I think I actually missed that. Islam Makachev. I, uh, unless I was seeing things in that in that quick highlight reel at the end, I thought I saw Islam by the cage. Yeah. I could see Chandler bringing in a lot of guests. Obviously, he's from he's got those you know those Killcliff connections. Uh, I would love to see if they brought in if like you know um, I know he's kind of in just, just coming up in his career still, but like Ian Machado Gary to see his interaction because he's you know he's pals with Chandler, but then there's the whole oh Irish connection with McGregor, and they're you know they're certainly uh, not uh, not enemies at all. They definitely like each other, so that would be a fun thing. I don't think he's going to take time to go on the show. But I would love to see um, Ian Machado, Gary pop up. Uh, Casey, I don't know if you have any uh, any coaches. As long as they coach and we get to see it, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to see coaches in general. Yeah. Get guest <laughs> coaches. You want to hear more from the coaches. Yeah, I want um, I because that's what the show is supposed to be, right? Like these very famous, highly regarded coaches with these guys going, "All right, let's get you into the biggest promotion in the world. Let's make this happen." But I don't know. But was it – wasn't there one point in the show when some of the coaches said uh, – it, maybe it was one of the fighters. It said like, I don't know how much is going to change. Like yeah. kind of who we oh, are. The, yeah, the veterans. The veterans were like – Yeah, the, yeah, the vets. Like, we're kind of who we are. Yeah, it's, as long as we kind of make weight, this is what it is. I mean we can game plan a little bit, but they don't know who their opponents are. So, um, Well, they do maybe, now. Maybe, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, that's about it. But other than that, yeah, if, if you've been in the game for, what, 11, 12 years, I'm not sure how much you can, again, hike. but, you know, you can always get refined. Some of these guys are coming from, uh, I don't say, not, not necessarily bad gyms, but smaller gyms have been training with the same guys for like, you know, almost their entire careers. So it could be, it could be, you know, it, it just that, that benefit of without having to change teams fully, getting to learn from a Chandler, from a Ryan Bader, getting to learn from McGregor, John Kavanaugh and all those guys. So uh, there's something there's something to that there's something to that right? i always like to believe that these these they they form real bonds with these coaches it was nice to see you know uh, mcgregor i thought he was he was there for for uh, nate Jenderman. i thought that was kind of nice so i don't know maybe we see more of that but uh casey i think that is it for questions this week yeah i think that's good. okay uh, I, I will apologize to people i don't think we'll be able to take questions in the future again the show tough hang will be on every tuesday immediately after uh the ultimate fighter 31 but uh thank you guys thank you guys for joining us for this first show thank you gc popping that uh tough premiere cherry i guess i probably just a better way to say that but <laughs> there he is so proud wearing the and having the prospect colors those are the team chandler prospect colors he has fixed uh two chandler fighters to win the show he's all the way on my, on my yeah, he's a, I'm, a, I'm in a mcgregor jersey right now and i picked oh, no no that's right that's right. I'm sorry. You're the McGregor. McGregor's the prospect side. You're right. But you, so you're going with that. But you're going with the uh, technically going with the red team, which I guess would be my team somehow. Uh, Michael Chandler and uh, uh, producer Casey, thank you as well for joining us for ending your uh, your uh, tough uh, celibacy. I really gotta find better ways to say these things. And uh, watching the <laughs> wait, 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 watching the, said, I don't know why it keeps pop, pop, so, it's so over here. Pop I, this cherry. I'm a celibate. Yeah. I, good, good job, I AK. Killing coming it. back to these things. <laughs> Uh, and thank you again, everyone, for watching, everyone who uh, listens on the podcast later. Uh, enjoy enjoy the rest of the season, everybody. Uh, next week, episode two, Timor Valiev versus Trevor Wells. Oh. Yeah, and then uh, I actually am really looking forward to that fight. And hopefully, hopefully, I don't think we get the shove yet, but uh, hopefully we start to build up some McGregor-Chandler drama that will culminate in a fight in 2023. Fingers crossed, we don't know. Uh, but this has been the first episode of uh, Tough Hand. Good night, everyone, and uh, take care of yourselves.
the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. And deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.